Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, welcome to Industrial Talk. Thank you very much for joining the number one industrial-related podcast in the universe that celebrates industry professionals all around the world. You are bold. You are brave. You dare greatly. You collaborate. You solve problems. That's why we celebrate you on this platform. And we are broadcasting on-site. Power Gin is the event power gin 24 new orleans louisiana is the location and yes it's great for food but better yet it is a collection of problem solvers in the generation space in the generation industry and it is fun and there there's a lot of great conversations happening here at power gin in the hot seat we have mary beth mary beth mcbain she's a senior sales engineer at elliott group and we're going to be talking about well well, CO2 capture things. Did I get that right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. See, there it is, man. That's what I want to talk about because that's, that's what's on everybody's conversation. A lot of people are trying to figure out how to capture that carbon. That's right. But you're having a good conference? Yeah, excellent. There's a lot of people here and everyone talks, talking about CO2 and hydrogen, so that's a good thing. It is. Especially for power gen. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really feel like that's a big answer to decarbonizing global emissions because, you know, we can't get there with electric vehicles. I mean, <laughs> uh, it, so much of the world's emissions are related to power gen. Yeah, and see, what's interesting is the fact that, you know, to charge or to to make those EVs go, you just still need power. Exactly. And you need a lot of it. Yes. And you need it to, to be able to be there in a way that is... Um, well, stable and all of that good stuff. Yeah, continuous. See, I'm already digressing. Before we get <laughs> into this conversation, give us a little background on who Mary Beth is. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Absolutely. <laughs> Why wouldn't I? I've been in the oil and gas industry for 22 years. I've worked well, uh, in... Yeah, you started at... Uh, I was five <laughs> years old when I started. There you go. No, I'm 47 now, so no, I've been around. To, you didn't have to say that. <laughs> Just run with the compliment. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Well, I've worked in enough like operating companies to kind of understand pipeline and LNG, and now I have the opportunity to work for a company that makes customized compressors. So I'm really excited about that. I'm in the technical sales for them. When you mentioned LNG, are you uh, because you're in the Houston area? There's some good LNG assets that reside in Texas. Yes. Have you been to some of those? Yeah, I've actually been to the uh, Chenier facilities. Chenier. Yeah, and Venture Global's facilities here in Louisiana oh, yeah, too. Yeah, so some mega, Parish, yeah. So yeah, mega projects. <laughs> they are, man. They're absolutely the. You can't stop staring at them. They're so big. It's yeah. Like, wow. We <laughs> Somebody built that. The size and scale and how quickly they're up and running. You know, yes. it's amazing. Oh, well, very good. All right. Take us through. Take us through what you're talking about. You, you mentioned one, carbon capture and hydrogen. Yeah. Take us through carbon capture. What are you doing about that? And then, you know, what's the problem? Take us through that. So most of carbon capture um, issues are because carbon is part of an exhaust stack or some kind of flue gas. And it's just one percentage of that flue gas, and it's at atmospheric pressure. 
And when we want to capture it, we have to extract it, run it through some amine-type solution to grab the carbon out of that flue gas, and then compress it up, dehydrate it, compress it more, and then eventually get it to a sequestration site where we can inject it in the ground. Or maybe there's other things that we can do with it, like there's make it into be other, solid carbon. Yeah, there's got to yeah. be other application, industrial applications there's for a, that. That's it, right. There's a lot of people looking at other options because, you know, it's maybe not sustainable in the long term to keep sequestering it in the ground, although there's plenty of injection sites all around the world. Saline aquifers, depleted oil and gas reservoirs. But it's also expensive because you have to get it to that, that site, which is pipeline intensive, pressure intensive. Um, and we make the compressors that do that. But we also make compressors that'll deliver any CO2 in other applications as well. What about hydrogen? So hydrogen's um, an energy storage option, right? It should never be confused for anything other than energy storage because you're only gonna make hydrogen when you don't have renewables available. If we could purely power the world on renewables right now and they were available continuously all the time, we probably wouldn't need hydrogen. But because renewables are inter intermittent and we don't have enough of them, hydrogen gives us the way to sustain the lows and get through when the wind's not blowing and the sun's not shining. And it's um, in very much more um, dur duration, longer storage than batteries. So what you're saying about hydrogen is that it's a, it's a gas, we store it, we use it as a fuel. Yes. And, and, and be able to turn that turbine or whatever you want, to, that generator and be able to... Yeah, so we use it as a fuel gas, you know, either mixed in with natural gas or maybe as a yeah. pure um, combustion source without natural gas and it doesn't have the carbon as a hydrocarbon, it's just hydrogen and it burns pretty well and still gives you power. Why don't, why don't we do that? Well, because it's expensive to make hydrogen. You can make it from water, you can make it from natural gas and sequester the CO2 that comes off of it. Maybe you can drill under the ground and find it. I mean, there's uh, companies looking at that right now. But right now, no one does it because it's more expensive than the status quo. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, but we can still, but, but there's, there's efforts to, to try to make it more economically viable. Absolutely. So these buses that you see that are, you know, energized by hydrogen, that's sort of a unique situation. Yes, yes. So there's fuel cells that can use that hydrogen. Fuel cell vehicles ah. use hydrogen. Uh, Long-haul trucking has gone to looking at hydrogen. Even though it's expensive, the companies are still saying, hey, you know, we think customers are willing to pay for it. They see the need to decarbonize our energy sources um, and not have those global emissions. Take us through fuel cells. So fuel cells aren't necessarily my expertise. Um, Doesn't matter. Just make sure that you're uncomfortable and uh, sort of speaking whatever. There's you know been, more than I do. Yeah, so there's been companies working on fuel cell technology for a while. So at least there's you know some history and technology development that's gone in it. And there's fuel cell vehicles that run off of hydrogen right now. So the main thing is it's kind of a chicken and egg game, you know, with hydrogen. You, you have to have the fueling stations before you convert your vehicle. But why would you convert your vehicle if you don't have the fueling stations that have hydrogen? Yeah, see, it, it, again, it, it gets down to that uh, infrastructure, right? And that's the same thing with EV. Yes, it's like, yes. okay, I got it, but they don't have it in 
where I'm driving. Right. So, and I don't know what to do. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I don't. I don't and know it's what one to of do. those things where, okay, maybe a little incentives in the market would help us because we just need an infrastructure build out and then everything can move forward and, but, you know. But then again, it's, it's a tremendous demand on the existing capacity of power that exists out there. Oh, yes. On EVs. Like yeah. yeah. I mean, there's two big things with EVs. It's that batteries are very intensive on the metals, the specialized metals, mainly nickel. And if you um, converted most of the world's cars right now, it would use up all of the nickel that we have in the world, globally, forever. Wow. And then the, in 10 years, we're going to need new batteries, but we already would have depleted all of the world's nickel supply. Oh, I see, I never heard that argument, but you're right. Yeah, and then we have grid capacity constraints. Like, not only, you know, maybe we build in the charging stations, the transformers, but the electrical grid itself, at least in the U.S., is constrained. We don't have enough wires running. You know, you know how long that conversation's been going on? Forever. When I was a, I was a uh, like journey, before I was born. I was a journeyman lineman, tra uh, transmission out of Southern California Edison, right? And so we were having conversations about reconductoring. Oh wow! Because of the same thing back then. <laughs> I had hair, and I don't have hair now. But then, but but the problem was nobody wanted to. It's expensive, and then. The structure, the infrastructure can't handle the additional weight, the load that's on the, the structures. Yes. It was just like one thing after another. And then, and then of course, it goes through a neighborhood and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, oh, 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 oh. yeah, yeah. I live in Houston and we had enough problems, you know, with that cold storm in 2021 yes. with the grid and electrical supply. Yes. And now we're trying to add a little bit more demand in terms of electrical vehicles. It's just not going to be sustainable. Did, did did they upgrade their your grid? Did they do it? It's <laughs> I don't think we're there yet. We're just hoping for you know this kind of winter, not getting like twenty twenty one. Yeah, that just that that was. And ERCOT prides itself in being independent, so we don't do. need the they rest do. of the U.S. Yeah, they do. They're an island. <laughs> they are an island, absolutely. And I never. It's like, yeah, okay, go for it, man. Have at it. More power to you. All the other utilities are all interconnected in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, you know, imagine I'll, that. I'll wheel over here. The United States. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Except for ERCOT. <laughs> Not a, it's not a slam on you guys. Not a slam on you guys at all. No, 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 no. So in, in one of the conversations we were having prior to this one, uh, you indicated that you think that it's going to be carbon capture before hydrogen. Yeah, because... Explain. Okay, so even if we're chasing hydrogen and we're trying to make some hydrogen, um, green hydrogen, pink hydrogen, blue hydrogen, the most sustainable and cheapest way to make hydrogen right now is from natural gas. And when you do that, you have the carbon that's coming off of that hydrocarbon chain, and that's CO2. So that's why we think CO2 pipelines supporting blue oh. hydrogen are kind of going to become in the forefront before we start to get a huge green uh, hydrogen economy. I, I, have to, <laughs> I have to ask for clarification. You rattled off some colors of hydrogen. Yes. Uh, <laughs> can you just sort of explain to me the <laughs> colors of hydrogen? So green hydrogen is like what everybody wants because it's green, right? Uh, so yeah, that's yeah. the idea of making hydrogen by splitting water, um, which uh. kind of needs a lot of water. So that's kind of a negative on green hydrogen. But in theory, you're making it from water, hydrogen, and oxygen, and you don't have any carbon Got emissions. Got it. Got it. And you're using, ideally, renewable power to make that. So with renewable power, you don't even have power that's emitting carbon right, right, in the process of right. making. Well, that's, then, all, that's all. Another one that, like, oil and gas people don't like to talk about this, but pink hydrogen's kind of a neat concept because it's nuclear-powered, powering that same electrolysis to split the water molecule. Why, why pink? 
you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if nuclear people like to wear pink. I like pink as a color. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, like, I just, it's like, you set me off when I go, I, I stumbled on that. It's a, it's a little speed bump in the old conversation. <laughs> like whatever. So that comes from um, the the nuclear Yeah, component. so a, a nuclear power plant could, you know, have a portion of its power devoted to electrolysis, you know, little modules that use water to yeah. then make... But it's instead of being powered by a wind turbine, it would be nuclear power. Yeah. Still no carbon there. So that's pretty right, cool. Right, right. Um, and then blue hydrogen, of course, is making, you know, hydrogen from natural gas and then taking the CO2 that's as a byproduct, capturing it and turning it into solid carbon or sequestering it underground. And that's the part where we, we're aggressively thinking CO2 compressors really support that. And we're going to see that in the near term a lot quicker than green hydrogen. You're cool. <laughs> Thank you for you're having rattling. me. <laughs> How do people get a hold of you? Because you, you got you got spunk, Mary Beth. Well, you can look me up on LinkedIn. That's you, probably you, the easiest way. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have your link out there. <laughs> Thank you. All right, listeners, we're going to have all the contact information for Mary Beth out on Industrial Talk, including her LinkedIn stat card. So fear not, reach out to her. She knows what she's talking about. Incredible conversation. Uh, <laughs> Thank I really you. I like it. All this right. is an incredible podcast. Hang tight. We're going to wrap it up on the other side. So stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. All right. That's Mary Beth McBain. McBain. Sounds like a detective. She's with the Elliott Group, and we were definitely talking about carbon capture as well as hydrogen and solutions all around that in between. And she just hit a home run after a home run. She's batting a thousand. Sports analogies everywhere. Mary Beth, reach out to her. We'll have all our contact information out on Industrial Talk as indicated in the interview. She's She's got solutions, so figure that out. All right. Industrial Talk is a platform for you industry professionals to amplify your voice. I keep saying it all the time. You want to do that? You want to open up opportunities? Go out to Industrial Talk. Reach out. Connect with me. Let's have a conversation. Let's get your story told just because it's important. We need to solve problems. Educate. Collaborate. Innovate. That's what we do here. Be bold. Be brave. Dare greatly. I say it all the time again. Mary Beth is who you need to contact. We're going to have another great conversation shortly, so stay tuned.